Hello, welcome to Art on a Podcast, the podcast created by the not-for-profit organisation Art on a Postcard. This series will be having some exclusive conversations with some of the phenomenal contributing artists to our International Women's Day Art on a Postcard auction. All of the artists have generously donated postcard-sized mini masterpieces to help us continue to raise funds for the Hepatitis C Trust. We discuss what inspires them, how they work and the contemporary art landscape. I'm Rosa Tor, researcher and content creator for Art on a Postcard, and today I'll be chatting to participating artist Suzanne Moxey. To find out more about the exhibition, all information can be found at artonapostcard.com. Suzanne Moxey's work moves fluently between real and illusionary space, between idealised and dystopian environments. Her latest work features broken down interiors, creating hybrid spaces that juxtapose dilapidated man-made interiors with vibrant nature, taking on the quality of an empty stage set. Sourced from photographs, prints from old magazines and painted elements, fragments are physically collaged and constructed, re-photographed and digitally manipulated. She has exhibited widely, both nationally and internationally since 2002, and her work is held in many significant public and private collections, including the University Arts Collection, the Royal Academy of Arts, the Cooper Union New York, the FSC and Oxford University. I was lucky enough to chat with Susie in her studio in a beautiful Grade 2 listed Georgian mansion, where we discuss her unique process, the themes within her work and her inspiration from old cinema. Say hello. Thank you for giving some time to chat with me today. No problem. Thank you for coming. <laughs> it's lovely to be here in this absolutely beautiful. It's a Georgian. It is a Georgian mansion um, <laughs> that used to be um, owned by a big landowner in yeah. Lewisham, but now it's owned by Lewisham Council. Right. I've been very lucky to get a studio here because um, a few years ago um, it was taken over by an organisation who basically oversee the, the mansion and they organise events and stuff and um, there's a number of artist studios, like I'm upstairs and there's a few in the basement as well. Yeah. So it's, it's nice to be able to work in the building because it's quite an unusual opportunity really. Yeah, and being here in your studio, your works around the room obviously feature so many old buildings in them. So. Yeah. How, how much does being here sort of influence the work? Um, well, for quite some time I've been making work where I've been photographing usually abandoned buildings. Um, I take a lot of photographs and then I build up parts of the photographs into imaginary interior spaces. Um, so I use this building quite a lot actually. In previous studios um, I haven't really had that you know, I have not been in the same environment, so I haven't really done that. But here, I'm able to actually use the building itself as the basis for making work. So I can spend quite a long time thinking about how I want to use certain rooms. I've done more kind of staged photography work than I used to because I just have the space and I've got props and yeah. things. So I've been able to develop the work in a slightly different way than yeah. to what I've been doing before. Right. That must be quite relieving for you in a way, I guess, to be able to be in one place because your work, the process of it, the building of the models, the sourcing of the uh, images, then the photographing and then the editing, 
that whole process must be, it must take forever. Uh, yeah, well I'm always looking for interesting places that kind of capture my imagination in some way that I can photograph. I've photographed a lot of uh, places in Europe uh, because th there's interesting sort of places been left abandoned that which you can't necessarily find in the UK um, and, uh, that are easier to access as well. Yeah. So generally, yeah, there's quite a long, drawn-out process, but I tend to gather a lot of imagery and then I might not work on it for some time. I just right. built, I've built up a very large archive of collected imagery, which I work from, so I tend to just always be photographing, yeah. but then might not immediately go and use that, those images. But I, I sort of, in, I have the, the feel of the places and the, the photographs that I've taken are sort of in my mind, and then mm. when I start something, I kind of make connections between photographs of places that I've taken and then the work kind of develops quite intuitively from that really. What's your process? How does it, how does it work? I, I usually print out certain images that I'm kind of interested in and sort of lay them out like in in the a real space so I can sort mm. of see them laid out in front of me and I, I, I sort of build up things initially through kind of cut and paste kind of process yeah. to go, get a sense of building up the image. Um, and then later I'll develop that in working digitally on the computer as well because um, a lot of the work is very, very, it has many, many different fragments in it. So mm. you're like hundreds of fragments are really? put into the hundreds. same image. Yeah, so, mm. um, so it's kind of like starting off cut and paste. And I often also um, paint over parts of uh, photographs that I've taken um, and then incorporate them back into the work digitally. Um, so my way of working originally started from um, set. I was basically inspired by a process used in filmmaking called matte painting, right. which in the sort of early days of filmmaking was where um, you'd have like part of the set which was being shot like the live action yeah. scene that's being shot on set, but then parts of the set that couldn't actually be made in reality were painted on glass panels and then that was kind of incorporated into the mm. into the film so you'd end up when you're watching the film you're watching a composite image of painted imagery and of real space but that's also kind of been created yeah so I was kind of in, I was interested in the way that the camera can kind of flatten out these differences between these kind of different forms of representation and you know like a painting doesn't look like a real thing when you see it in reality but with the effect of the camera it kind of binds things together yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah so I started working like that and I've really developed my work along that kind of way of thinking about it since. wow that's so interesting to know because looking at your work there is such a cinematic quality to it I suppose there aren't figures occupying the spaces but there's certainly a relationship there between the whether it's the plants or the photographer in the space or you know you get a sense of walking through this very grand but often dilapidated kind of environment that is evocative of certain old kind of films yeah I, I think I want to make um, I want to make sort of scenes that, that I, I never have figures in the scenes because I think that that will completely change the viewers relationship with looking into the space I kind of want to create um, a space where the viewer is on the threshold of kind of entering it so they tend to be from the same kind of perspective um, 
and I like the idea that the yeah. the viewer can kind of project themselves imaginatively into the into these places that I've invented. Yeah, yeah. I'm even getting with the one just behind you, there's a work on the wall and the plants are just underneath the bottom of the frame, really giving that illusion that your eyes are, are looking through into this world, you know, it's yeah. not, the frame isn't acting as a um, fourth wall or whatever, it's it's a tunnel through which the, the viewer Yeah, can that you can kind of enter into. into the space, yeah. yeah. So how did you come across that process? In art school, was it photography and then this was a process or did you start with fine art? Um, well, I started, I was making um, more kind of installation based work actually, where I was, I was kind of playing around with illusory qualities of things that sort of like making these kind of installations that seem to be between sort of two and three dimensions. Um, and one of the things that I did, I got very interested in like cutting up postcards and then reconstructing the scenes. Like I'd get a number of postcards, cut them up and then reconstruct the same image of the postcard, but sort of in real space. So they were like set up like little miniature flats right. and then re-photographed it. And I, I was interested in the effect of that's one step more removed from the original photograph. So it was working with a photograph of a photograph mm. and making that kind of separation visible in the work. Like you'd be able to see shadows from one um, section falling on the imagery behind it and stuff, but you would, but it'd be quite confusing to look at. Yeah. So I, I kind of wanted to exploit that and then you know, I got more and more into the way that kind of process relates to film and, uh, yeah, and it kind of developed from there, really. Yeah. Have you ever made any moving image stuff? Yes, I have, actually. I, I did, a, a few years ago, I made um, a moving image work moving through a forest of cut-out trees, which goes on a, a loop, oh. so it's kind of like you're, you're in this endless kind of loop of going through this forest, which is, you know, it's not realistic. But it kind of create it has its own kind of atmosphere. Yeah. And actually, at the moment, I'm working with um, an American artist um, who does animation and stuff, and we're working together to create a new moving image world, which is going to be, yeah, kind of like a moving picture. Basically, it's going to be a room, but with slight movements in the image, so it just kind of takes you slightly away from it being still. Yeah, like. that's so cool. Because there is a lot of nature in the work. Um, what are you trying to say about the relationship between nature and the spaces that you put them in? Um, well, in all the spaces I like the idea that they're kind of breaking down and that there's a breakdown between the inside and the outside. Mm. So I did some work in Italy a few years ago and I was really taken within how a lot, in a lot of the buildings yeah. that I saw, that there'd be these big sort of painted murals on the walls which represent an outside space. Right, yeah. So when you were in the rooms, it was like this illusion that you could be outside, but it's obviously not, you're obviously not outside, but it kind of creates this kind of breakdown, so it's like breaking through the the architecture of the spaces. Mm. And I got really um, sort of into the idea of introducing that into my work, so it would be kind of unclear whether you're inside or outside in some way, or whether you're looking at a painting or a, the idea of looking at a photograph of a real places through a doorway or of a painted um, environment. Yeah, yeah. It must be so fun playing with the models of, when I say paint, because it does have that element to it. I yeah, guess. it's very, it is um, very, process. very playful. Yeah. 
So where would you source these kinds of like these trees from? The little bits that you put into um, Well, I've I've done a number of images where it's forests inside rooms. It's a, a theme that I keep coming back to. Mm. Um, and recently, I've started to actually make model trees. Um, I wanted to introduce an element of model making into the work and see how that relates when it's in, in the final photograph because it creates a completely different sense of scale. Mm. Um, so the, all the trees that I've made, um, the, which we've got on the, a shelf here in my studio, uh, they're all just made of like wire and clay and uh, little bits of foliage and painted and stuff. Yeah. Um, and they you know they don't look like real trees but when they're again when they're photographed they kind mm. of become part of the environment and yeah sort of blend yeah. together. There is a trick of the eye in the works like you do sort of, you look at it you see it as real and then suddenly it, there's this fantasy that um, aspect to it that just feels very magical it's magical realism I would say is that something yeah that you would yeah, I mean, some people have said that, that it's got this kind of sense of magical realism about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are there any kinds of um, uh, art forms or uh, places that you source inspiration from? I do, like, watch a lot of films and I'm always... It kind of catches me when it's you see something in a film that's that seems to have borrowed something from painting as well mm. because I think um, film is quite influenced by painting in many ways, especially light in sets, like looking at sort of romantic landscape painting yeah, and stuff, yeah. and also the use of light. Um, so I think the two mediums kind of cross over into each other. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I'd say film and, yeah, and looking at, um, yeah, romantic landscape and sublime landscape painting as well, mm. um, and sort of, yeah, including this kind of idea of the the landscape having a sort of psychological um, element to it, which is obviously something that is part of uh, yeah, yeah. romantic landscape painting. Yeah. So you landed on this style which is unmistakably yours. Was there anything that came before? Like, What medium did you operate with and in and what was your concern? Or, or has this always been where you've been headed towards? Uh, well, I've always used photography to some extent in my work, mm. um, and I used to, like a long time ago, I used to sort of make my own cameras, wow. like very basic a kind pinhole. of pinhole cameras yeah. and things, and I used to take them out. I was interested in the way that the shape of the camera would distort the imagery, yeah, yeah. And things like that, so I was always experimenting with with using photography in that way yeah um and my dad was a was a retoucher and he'd been a photographic retoucher since like right. the, the late 60s mm. so i used to go up to his office and he still had like a dark room and a wet room and enlarger mm. and everything so i used to like make a lot of my own prints and things like that yeah yeah and he worked in a time where when you were retouching um photographs you'd actually be doing it with dyes on a transparency, I mean, a pre-digital um, form of retouching. So I suppose I've always sort of been aware of this kind of idea of, the, you know, how you could manipulate yeah, photography. Yeah, absolutely. I think now photography, because it's so digitalised and, like, you know, uh, commercial photography might just be photographed to the editing suite. But I suppose talking about the pinhole cameras and the darkroom and um, the retouching, the manipulation of photographs, like that's when it takes photography out of it being um, 
the digitised kind of process and into a more sort of hands-on, analogue um, type of process. And when, you know, looking around your studio now with all the little toys and models and uh, uh, paints, it's, it, it does seem that there is, you're kind of really merging um, the, the two kind of put the push and the pull of photography, the analogue and the digital. Yeah, I definitely mix sort of like low tech and sort of mm. high tech yeah. processes in my work. Yeah, it's really cool. Actually the work the the postcards um works that I've made for the auction, yeah. they're using uh, I've recently got into um making these photopolymer prints. So that's like mixing quite a high tech thing because you're using plates that are already coated with a photosensitive emulsion yeah. to expose imagery that I've created, you know, partly through photographing things and then digitally manipulating them. So I, I create an image, expose it onto the plate, but then the plate is processed and then printed by wow. hand, sort of inked up and um, yeah. it's a lot more of a physical process, which is quite different for me. For me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also they're all, they're kind of working more with monochrome imagery, which I'm getting more and more interested in. Yeah. Well, we feel extremely privileged to have you involved in the exhibition and we absolutely love the photographs, oh, the postcards, <laughs> when they came in, um, yeah, we were all ecstatic and, yeah, couldn't be more sort of honoured to have you involved, so thank you so much. Um, and just finally, is there anything you've got coming up at the moment? Um, well, I... The, I've got a solo show coming up in France in April, so I'm kind of preparing for that. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be in a group show um, in a in an art museum in Romania quite soon as well. So mm. well, quite a few things on the go. My listeners in France and Romania definitely <laughs> <laughs> get down there. Um, and is also, is there anywhere that our listeners can find you on the Instagram website? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so it's Suzanne Moxey mm -hmm. um, on Instagram and um, yeah, and I have a website as well. Yes, yeah, cool. The necessary evils. Indeed. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not particularly <laughs> good at Instagram at the moment. I think I need to put more things in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's great. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Art on a Podcast. To find out more about anything in today's episode, go to artonapostcard.com and be sure to follow us on all our social channels at Art on a Postcard. Goodbye!